This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. What's up, America? It's a great day. I'm having a great day. The last 24 hours. As a fan of the New York Jets, as a fan of the Miami Heat, I've never been better. I've never been better in a long time. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm jubilant. I am whatever word you want to use, whatever phrase, whatever statement you want to use. Let's talk about the biggest story in all of sports, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' neighborhood is leaving Wisconsin and heading to Madison Avenue, New York. I don't know if he's going to live in Tribeca. I don't know if he's going to live in Harlem. I don't know if he's going to live down in Madison Avenue. I don't know if he's going to live in Jersey. What I do know is Evan Rogers is a J-E-T-S jet, jet, jet. Discount double jet is heading to the Big Apple. Joe Douglas, Ryan Gutekunst, the GMs for the Green Bay Packers and New York Jets got the deal done yesterday, and I am ecstatic. Now, let's talk about the compensation. Let's talk about what the Green Bay Packers was willing to agree to. Now, the trade compensation, the Jets get, obviously, discount double jet. Aaron freaking Rodgers, the fifth pick, a fifth round pick, I should say, in 2023's draft, so next year's draft, and they get the number 15th pick. The Packers get the 13th pick, a second round pick this year, the 42nd pick, a sixth round pick um, this year, and a conditional 2024 pick that can be a number one if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this upcoming season. Now, I told y'all, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. Aaron Rodgers was going to play for the Jets. We knew this. The compensation, however, I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought we was going to get him for a little bit less. I thought two-thirds was going to get it done, maybe a three and a two. But I didn't see a conditional one. But I'll say this much. I don't care. We got Aaron Rodgers and nobody else does. We got discount double jet. The man pretty much is saying with this trade, he's going to be a jet for multiple years. And I'm not thinking three. I'm potentially thinking, I mean, I'm not thinking two years. I'm potentially thinking three years. This trade says to me, based on the compensation that the Jets believe he's going to be playing, for a couple of years. And if he is, it was well worth the price. Essentially, if you break it down, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers for two seconds that could be a first for the upcoming season. If the Jets make a postseason run, it's well worth it. Do y'all remember what, you know, um, do y'all remember what Matthew Stafford went for? No, I didn't think so. Do you remember what Patrick Mahomes, um, what the Chiefs gave up to get go get him? No. Do y'all remember what Deshaun Watson was giving up for in the draft? No, you don't. You know why? Because they worked out. Because they were good. Now, now history is repeating itself with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets just like Brett Favre. But in Brett Favre's situation, he had came out already and said he was retiring. So the compensation was going to be much less. Aaron Rodgers said, never said he was retiring. He never had a press conference where he was crying, boo-hooing, and all that. 
Look at what the Denver Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. Look at what other teams have given up for quarterbacks. The Jets did fine. Was it a little bit more than I would have liked? Of course. But Aaron Rodgers is playing for multiple years for the Jets. That's what this trade says to me. And we haven't figured out what the numbers are in terms of the salary cap, the money that the Green Bay Packers are going to eat, the restructuring that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and the Jets have already agreed to. That is going to be finalized. And I believe when that number comes out, people are going to have a much different perspective on this trade. Connor Rodgers of SNY has already reported that, one, the Packers know that Aaron Rodgers is playing for multiple years. That's why they wanted a compensation that they got. And the Jets know that Aaron Rodgers intends to play for multiple years. And two, and more importantly, when we see the numbers of the new structured deal, this deal will make more sense. Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet, people. Aaron Rodgers is a freaking New York Jet. The four-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP, is a New York Jet. And he's going to a team that's a top five defense, has weapons on the outside with Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin, Alan Lazard, Brees Hall's coming back. The offensive line is the only thing that's in, you know, that's in kind of shambles. But Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. And I believe that he intends to play multiple years. Tom Brady played for multiple years. When he, when he went to Tampa, same thing with Peyton Manning. Same thing, obviously, with Joe Montana. And the list goes on and on. Guys don't leave locales just to play one year. And this is probably the most motivated Aaron Rodgers we're going to see since the first MVP. You know, when, when, when Jordan, Jordan Love was there. Now, this story had lingered on, and, and people were like, oh, is this ever going to happen? It was always going to happen. It got done. We know that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. And guess what? The Jets can now go into any game and say, hey, we got discount double Jet. And y'all don't. And y'all don't. And we can go toe-to-toe with any quarterback in the league. Now, there's still a lot of things to be sift out in terms of the offseason. We still got the draft coming up in, in, in a, less than 48 hours. You still have uh, the offseason. You still have training camp, got preseason, and then obviously the beginning of the season. So we'll see how this plays out. But the Jets, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, like, when you peel back that, that just got Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers does what most quarterbacks do when they first get to a team, after being with the team for a long time, just going to be all right. Just going to be all right. Brett Favre, when he left Green Bay to go to New York, they were 8-3. and three. They had just beaten the Tennessee Titans and the Patriots on their fields and was – the number one team in the AFC and the road through the Super Bowl was going to go through New York. Brett Favre gets hurt, and of that story. He then goes to Minnesota and is one throw away from taking that team to the Super Bowl. When you think about quarterbacks, Tom Brady going to Tampa, they go win the championship. Peyton Manning goes to Denver. They go to two Super Bowls. He win one. Aaron Rodgers is of that ilk. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best we've ever seen. Did he have a down year? Yes, he did. But guess what? His down year would have been one of the greatest seasons in all of Jets history. Like I said before, was I wrong about the compensation? Yeah, I was. I was. 
But I ain't know Aaron Rodgers was going to play multiple years. If you tell me Aaron Rodgers is going to give me three years, I will gladly play the price that Joe Douglas played. This is a great win for the Jets. It's also a great win for the Packers because they essentially assured themselves at least worst minimum two second round picks and a potential first round pick. And if it's in the 30s, hey, it is what it is. But J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Aaron Rodgers, a freaking Jet with Hall, Sauce, and Quentin Williams, the J-E-T. Jets, 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 Jets. Take flight. See y'all September. Now we got the Jets out of the way. Let's talk about Jimmy Mother Effing Bowler. One of the greatest performances you will ever see in the playoffs. One of the greatest playoff performers we have seen. Jimmy Buckets. Him and Butler, whatever word you want to use, playoff Jimmy, it don't matter. This man carried this team to a 3-1 lead. This man is slaying the number one seed in the Milwaukee Bucks. 3-1 lead, 56 points. Gave you a 22-piece in the first quarter. Gave you a 21-piece in the fourth quarter. And the Miami Heat are one game away from heading to the second round. I'm going to tell y'all right now. If the Heat get to the second round, just know we're going to be back in the, you know, in the, in the conference finals. I don't care if it's the Cleveland Cavaliers, the New York Knicks. They're both going down. Period. They're both going down. I have great respect for Jimmy Butler. Outside of seeing Chris Paul win a championship, this guy, Jimmy Butler, Deserves a ring unlike anybody I've ever seen. This man been on the Miami Heat for four years, including this season. And all he has done is maximize the talent around him. All he has done is squeeze all the orange you can out of this team. His first year, they go to the finals. His second year, they had a bad year. We got we, we got beat down by the Bucks. The third year, which was last season, he was a shot away from going back to the NBA Finals. And this year, they're one win away from going to the second round as an eighth seed. Now, was there luck in the way? Yes. Giannis wasn't playing for the first three games. But damn it! That Bucks team is still good, and he played in game four, and Jimmy Butler was it. He was it. He was everything you could have asked for. It's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen from an individual, given the circumstances and given the teammates around him. Jimmy Butler is playing with a bunch of undrafted free agent players and a dude with a BBL. That's who he's playing with. Caleb Barton, undrafted. Max Schuess, undrafted. Gabe Vincent, undrafted. Kevin Love ain't got no love in his game. Kyle Lowry, that's the dude with the BBL. Oh, and bam. Come on now. The man dropped 56. 56. One of the best defenses in all of basketball against two time MVP, against a champion and Giannis and Drew and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. I've seen some great performances 
for the Miami Heat. I'm not going to talk about all playoff time and all these other games. I'm going to just talk about the Heat history. Top five performances. Number four and number five belong to D-Wade in the 06 finals. You can pick whichever one. Game three got to be in one of them. After that, the third best performance I've ever seen for the Miami Heat in the playoffs is Jimmy Butler and what he did last night. It's just that simple. What he did, given the circumstances, what he did it was ridiculous. Number two is what he did in the finals, that 40-piece triple-double. That was sensational. That's the meme with him just being exhausted. Yeah, that 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 was the dude. And then number one is LeBron's forty-five and fifteen, and we ain't gotta go through all of that. But Jimmy Butler, man, this this dude is just different, man. He's just a different cat, man. He maximized the Timberwolves when he was there. He maximized the Bulls when he was there. He maximized the Philadelphia Sixers when he was there. And all he's done for the Miami Heat is maximize that team's chances to win. I'm going to just say this. There's not 10 better players you want on your team than Jimmy Butler. When the rubber meets the road, when the back's against the wall, when it's not a test and it's the real deal, name me 10 guys you'd rather have than Jimmy Butler. You can't. I don't even know if you can name five. I don't even know if you can name five. Jimmy Butler got the Miami Heat 3-1 on the Milwaukee Bucks. I might cry. I just might cry. I I'm just in shock of what I'm seeing by Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. It's really just Jimmy Butler. Now, I had the Milwaukee Bucks winning the championship. They finally got some adversity that they got to deal with. Do I still think they're going to win this series? Yeah, damn right I do. Milwaukee will win game five. The real game is game six. It'll be a close one, but I think Milwaukee will win. And there's no way that Jimmy Butler... <laughs> There is no way Jimmy Butler is going to go down without swinging in game seven. But I think it, I think Milwaukee will win three games straight. I really do. But let's not disrespect what he just did. 41 minutes, 56 points. They were down double digits when he came in. And they won by five. Jimmy Butler is that dude. In the offseason, Miami go get this man some help, like some real help, because what he's doing is just sensational. And I'm done. Now, we're going to actually talk about the NFL draft. I got my boy Doug in the show. We're going to talk about what's going on in the, in the Texans. But I had to start the show with my two teams, the New York Jets and the Miami Heat. And the execution they displayed in the last 24 hours. Put me more, or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gonna be walking out. This week is one of my favorite weeks. It's the NFL Draft. And with the NFL Draft, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday spectacle. Rounds one through seven. Around one going on Thursday, two and three on Friday, and then four through seven on Saturday. And I had to make sure I brung somebody on the show that's gonna make sure they give us the details of the draft in terms of their fandom. So I got my boy Doug on the show. I've known him for a long time. We've worked together, but he is a Texans fan. And if you know the Texans right now, they control the draft, especially in the first 13 or 15 picks, because they have two of them. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson trade was completed last year. They get three first round picks, you know, and this one is in the teens, the early teens. I believe their number is 12. Um, so as they got from Cleveland, Doug, thank you for coming on the show. 
We're going to get right into it. This is Prove Me Wrong. So tell me a sports take that you was completely wrong on. This is, you know, that first question we ask any new guest that comes on the show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Sadiq. Um, I got I to gotta kind of stick with the theme here as we, you know, talk in the Texans. And I got to go with one of my worst takes and kind of predictions that I've had as a fan of the Texans. And that was uh, back in 2016 when we uh, made the signing of Brock Osweiler and uh, Lamar Miller. And, man, we were, in my mind, we were set for AFC Championship. We were ready to make a run, you know, especially four years, 72 million for Osweiler and putting all our eggs in uh, in his basket, you could say. And then uh, just uh, falling, falling short, but definitely not not the season that uh, I think was projected for, for that team. Oh, yeah. He robbed you guys. Flat out <laughs> robbed you. You thought you was getting somebody, but he didn't bring Von Miller with him. He didn't bring that Denver Broncos defense. He didn't bring Demarius Thomas. But I feel like he hoodwinked a lot of people. I think, I mean, oh, yeah. with you... And I believe the Denver Broncos really wanted to re-sign him. And obviously he went with the Texans, got that lucrative deal. And he was he was so bad that y'all traded him with the second round pick, I believe. Uh I forget who the team was. Who was the team that y'all traded? Y'all ended up trading him to. Um uh, I believe he went high. I I don't I can't think of it off the top of my head of where he went, but um yeah. but I I mean more power to him. I mean he right. got <laughs> He got money, you know, he, he got 60 mil guaranteed. Right. So he, uh, oh no, it was 30, 37 million guaranteed out of that 72. So you know, luckily for him. And then, I mean, uh, Lamar Miller, he's two years out of his huge year that he had down in Miami. Right. And, uh, so I think we thought maybe we were getting, I mean, he, he rushed for over a thousand yards that season, but um didn't have the scoring production that that he had had in the in those two years in Miami that kind of got him th- this this deal with us. Right, but he was more like injury prone, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he started getting hit with the injury bug, um, especially yeah. once he came came to us, and I, and, and also also like the rest of his career wherever he was at, um, he he was getting hit with that injury bug. Yeah, so like I can't fault y'all, but the, the Brock Osweiler one, that one was that one was bad. That one was bad. Like it was just. Let's move on. Let's move on to some positive news. I think you guys had like the best hiring in terms of feel good um, throughout the NFL after having Lovey Smith, who kind of wronged y'all at the end with with going for it and and making y'all get the second overall pick. Y'all hired D'Amico Ryans, former player for you guys, former pro bowler, good football player, great coach. You know, he helped with that 49ers team, getting them to the AFC, NFC championship game, um, having one of the best defenses in all of football throughout his time at the D.C., taking over for Robert Sala, number one defense last season. What are your thoughts on on the hiring of, of D'Amico Ryans? Dude, I am hype, man. This is, <laughs> this is taking us to that next level. And, right. uh, you know, like you mentioned last year with the Niners and getting a uh, um, assistant coach of the year and coming in off of that and being able to come back to a franchise that, you know, when he was in Houston, everybody loved D'Amico Ryan's on that defense. Right. Remembering him with, uh, you know, Brian Cushing, JJ Watt, and yes. he had solid, solid defense. And uh, so I, I think coming in, obviously, you know, he's going to be able to step in right away and help out. We got, you know, young guys like um, Petrie in the backfield and a bunch you know, younger guys on defense that I think he's going to be a great boost, you know, to their career. Um, but also offensive side, we're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. Um, so, you know, it's it's a whole new start in, in the coaching round, which I think is exactly what we need after the whole um, Bill O'Brien debacle, even though I hate hate saying that name. Um, after, after, after he kind of, you know, threw this franchise 10 years back um, with all the stuff right. that went down there. And then – you know, Lovey, just just a placeholder to get us here to where we are. So maybe you know, that's what we needed to kind of uh, wait wait for the right time and to bring in uh, D'Amico. But I, I think it's going to be a solid start. Um, you know, it, it might not be year one that he puts him back into the playoffs or, you know, even a second place division finish. But I think if you're looking down the road here in the next maybe even, you know, three years, it's not going to be it's not going to be a long 
journey back to the playoffs. Right. And and it's funny, you brought up Bill O'Brien, you brought up Lovey Smith, and sandwiched in between was David Cully, who was really a, just yeah. a placeholder. Um, but it, it looks like, you know, you had David Cully, you had um, Lovey Smith as placeholders. We all knew it. But I feel like this guy um, is going to be there for definitely more than two years um, in, in this position as a head coach. Um, and shifting gears, we got the NFL draft, and you're one of the few teams in that first round that have multiple picks. You have the second overall pick, thanks to Lovey Smith. Y'all should have gotten the first Dude, overall it's pick. So, it's too soon, man. <laughs> it is too soon. You can't. You can't even script what happened at the end of that Colts game, man. Just, right. It's yeah. I mean, if anything, it would happen that game and hurt us than helping us at all. So it's exactly. just how it falls. But uh. But yeah, this draft, this first night of the draft is going to be an exciting one. Yep, and you guys have the second overall pick. You guys have the 12th overall pick from Cleveland with the Deshaun Watson trade. You're a big fan of this team. That's why I brought you on because you're one of the teams that control the draft. Um, you guys can go up in terms of going 12 all the way up to somewhere inside the top 10. You could trade down. You can just sit. Um Looking at the Texans' needs, looking at, you know, the picks and the players that might be available, and your knowledge of some of these players, who would you want the the Texans to take? Well, let's first cut the uh, trading that number two overall pick that I've seen floating around. <laughs> We're like, going to talk, talk about that a little later. We're going to talk about that. Okay. I just want to say that first. All right. Let's just get that out of here. But – um, number two, I, I, we got to go Young or Stroud, whoever's left on the board. I think one of those guys is going to go to Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we just take the next the next one that's left up there. Uh, personally, I, I'm a Bryce Young fan. I like his mobility. But yeah. we've also seen those recent quarterbacks. I mean, look at the fall off Kyler Murray. Right. This one ACL. Season, you, you, get, you get one bad hit or you don't slide – it can go down south quick. And right. so, um, you know, and then there was the, I have seen in the news, you know, the, the reactive test or whatever that. Um, oh, yeah, that CJ Stroud got like an 18%. He had an 18, which, I mean, they said they've seen players do good and perform bad on the field, but they never seen anybody do bad and be good. But mm. I think you got to look at the tape and just right. go off of what you've actually seen in game and not what's based all of a, of a computer game, basically. Right. Uh, and go with that if he's on the board. So um, definitely quarterback pick two. And um, hopefully, you know, I still don't know if that'll be a year one starter, but we'll have to see how how kind of the depth chart adds up there, you know, out of camp. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this team and um, according to ESPN and as well as NFL Network, you know, the needs of the Texans, you have quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, Offensive yeah. line, especially in the guard spot and in corner. Um, last year, um, you guys drafted a corner. Um, thank you very much because the Jets drafted the defensive player of the year um, on the rookie <laughs> side. Um, but you're looking at this draft. You see the number two spot. I, I've seen now, like one thing I've I've realized with the draft, right? Like the early stories, like the month the months before the draft, I don't believe much of those stories. Like I I kind of like you know, put them on the back burner. I don't really trust those stories. But the week before the draft, <laughs> them stories got some, they, nah. they got some, Jen, they say quad to it. They got some fervor to it. And the the, the story now, and, and you alluded to it earlier, is, hey, the, 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 the Texans really ain't in love with any of these quarterbacks outside of Bryce Young. And if he ain't there, don't be surprised if the Texans, take a different position or trade down what are your thoughts to that like are you do you believe are you believing this or do you think the texans are just playing a big game of poker i think it's got to be i mean i hope it's a big game of poker <laughs> <laughs> like is you can't just let i think either one of those quarterbacks has a possibility to be the franchise quarterback going forward and, okay. you know, the rumors I've seen is like, oh, they could trade it to San Francisco for Trey Lance. 
Okay, uh, I've seen that. I've seen that. You I don't trust trading that. for a guy that's played what eight NFL games. You've never really seen what he can do. The so guy's been in the strip guy club. Like, the guy's been in the strip club more than he's been on the field. <laughs> why? What, what are we doing here, Doug? <laughs> just like yeah, just take someone that you can start fresh with. You can build your offense around. Around and I mean, I mean Trey Lance though with D'Amico Ryan's, they got good chemistry there. Uh, from what they've said when they were out in San Francisco. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just think you're in a position to maybe get a generational talent. Why not, you know, go for it? I, I hear you on that. I, I think for me, I'm not, I'll am i be honest. I'm not really in love with any of these quarterbacks. You know, they have the top four, um, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, and people have them kind of ranked differently. Yeah. I personally am not in love with any of them. Like, the only one that I'm like, okay, like, if it was me and I was sitting there with, you know, with the number one overall pick in Carolina, I'm probably leaning more towards C.J. Stroud than Bryce Young. Even though Bryce Young, if he was 6'3", then he'd be good. But he'd be a game changer, yeah. Right. But I think he's small. Like, he's tiny. Yeah. Like, like at least Kyler Murray, he, he had um, some muscle to him. Like, he was short, but he had some muscle. This dude is fragile. Like... He is fragile. Um, and you've seen Tua. You've seen uh, Kyler Murray. Smaller quarterbacks don't necessarily do well long term. They might do. They might be a flash in the pan for a year or two, but long term, I just don't. I, I just don't see it. But if I'm the Texans, if I could trade down, and let's say if I have the same grade, wait. It, before I continue, for you. Do you out of those four quarterbacks, is there one that you're like, nah, I don't want him? Period. Will Levis. <laughs> okay, the dude with the mayonnaise and the coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that, that and that's that's just that's besides the point. I don't know. I just think he's he's a lot of hype. I mean, right. what the competition or the teams he's played with haven't really been at a level. And I mean, you could say he's never really played with NFL, you know, uh, capable players. Right, right, right. Um, so maybe you get him in an NFL system with you know some good uh, wide receivers and some good blockers up front, and with his arm, and he's got a hell of an arm. Um, right. And maybe he he turns into something. But I I just I, I don't see really really the hype in uh, in kind of what he's been getting. Um, but you know maybe those are so there's sometimes the quarterbacks that end up being the uh, stars of the draft. Right. I mean, you you look at. Um... You know, you look at Will Levis the last two years, um, not this year, but the year before, he looked like a top five pick. He was sensational. This year, he got hurt, um, banged up offensive line. Um, a lot of the players that played around him either went to the NFL or graduated. Um, so he had a, you know, a, a rough season. I, I don't believe in Will Levis, um, but I will say I don't believe in Anthony Richardson. I don't really like. I mean, out of all the all of the four, the only one that I I'm okay with is C.J. Stroud. But name me the last great Ohio State quarterback. Like Justin Fields is still a question mark, and the only reason why is because people have now seen his running ability, but his throwing ability is still not there. Right. Um, so I, I'm I'm kind of like Terrell Pryor, man. Right. I mean, so what about this? You're sitting there too. Let's say, let's just say for argument's sake, Jim Irsay calls, right? Because he's in the he's in the division. He calls and he's trying to get up for a quarterback. Uh, would you be okay with going, like having a team go up, and then you slide back down, stay around that three, four, five range where you can still get one of those quarterbacks? Maybe Anthony Richardson is there for you. Maybe. CJ Stroud is there for you, or maybe you have to go and take a Will Levis. Are you okay with that, or do you want them to stand pat and take a two, take a quarterback at two? I think it comes down to who's offering. Like with your example, the Colts, no, you hang up on Jim Mercer. You, <laughs> you, you just say, hey, hope you're having a great night and click. Um, okay, okay. Within the division, because as 
just the luck of the Texans franchise, we would end up getting ran for a decade by whoever they take with that pick. Okay. And it would be a joke for, for years to come. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think. How about if, Seattle at five or Detroit at six? Yeah, I, I think if you look at what's left on the board, especially if CJ goes first. Um, well, if I, CJ goes first, I think y'all going y'all gonna to run to the card and, and give Bryce Young. Right, like I think CJ, if CJ goes to Carolina, y'all taking yeah. Bryce Young. <laughs> There's no conversation. I mean, the only thing I think is that they would be scared, like we were talking about his mobility and and, and all of those things that might be like, okay, well, we could drop back and you know still get somebody here that you know could could turn into something and maybe get another pick in the third round or whatnot. Um, but I don't know. I also think you're number two. Just just take the pick that you got. It's really – I don't think there's that big of a need to fall back, especially with pick 12. Um, you, you can right. kind of reassess, and maybe 12 is the one that you move and and hold strong at two. Okay. Okay, so you're, you're big on – it seems like right now you're, you would want Bryce, if not Bryce, CJ or Anthony – you have a pretty much you're okay with either or, but no Will Levis. Yeah, no, I, I I'd rather not have Richardson, but okay, uh, okay, okay. But I mean, and that that I could see. I know if we trade back, you know, down to five or six, Richardson, that's fine there. But at two, no, that's a, I feel like that's a stretch. Right. So you guys have two picks, right? You guys have the second pick. And then also the 12th pick. Have you thought about the 12th pick and some of the players that might be available there? And who would you want like or position? Yeah. So I think this 12th pick is going to be, I, I think this might even be bigger than that number two pick um, as far mm. as adding depth around our team. Right. Um, because there's a lot, a lot of good players that we, we need or position players there. Cause we're, we're looking at probably wide receiver and outside rusher. Yep. Um, yep. And and so I, I I'm trying to I'm leaning toward either Jordan Addison, uh, the USC wide Ooh, receiver. Okay. Um, or if we can, if Nolan Smith, Georgia. Um, Ooh, the, but the pass rusher. Okay. Yeah, he if he's still on the board there. Um, I think we can get those. Um, either one of those guys would be a great. I I think you place them right on in there, and they're good to go. Wow, I'm surprised you didn't say the Ohio State receiver Jackson and Jigba. Nah, I, I, well, I mean, I don't know if he's still gonna be around. No, no, he'll be. He, shoot, he he's gonna be there. I think the fact that he didn't play last season due to injury. Yeah. I think he he won't. He's not. He's gonna be. I think in that ten to fifteen, ten to eighteen range. I don't see him being a top ten pick, um, especially given that four quarterbacks are gonna go. You have the four quarterbacks is gonna go probably top ten, and then you have the two defensive stars in Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. You splash in Saronic, the offensive lineman, and uh, Noel Smith, Nolan Smith. Um, I think Jackson Jigba will be there um, at 12. Um, yes. But, but Jordan Addison is really good. You don't like Zay Flowers? No, I don't know. It's just something about Jordan Addison that I kind of once we locked in at 12, um, I just that's kind of who I've I've had my eye on and been been kind of tunnel vision. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. As, as far as who I'm looking at um and fitting the needs. Cause I mean, with with our wide receivers, we got Menchie coming back this year. Um yes, yes. And so yeah, that, yeah. We we don't know what we're gonna I mean, maybe we got something there. Um, hopefully, you know, he's healthy and, and back to be able to play a full season. Right. And um, and then Robert Woods is coming in, uh, got him this offseason. So um I think with the Nico Collins had a, had a decent year this last year. So we got some young guys that maybe Addison could uh, throw his hat in the ring. Mm -hmm. But um, but then again, you know, if we can get an outside rusher along with the additions with like Sheldon Rankins and Hassan Ridgeway, you know, we could maybe set up our defense there there also. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, is there one? So you're, you're all in on Jordan. Or you want, or you want Nolan, or is I mean, there one player in particular? Like, if he's there, take him, regardless of how the boy shakes out. I want him. I think Nolan 
if, if okay. he's there, take him. Um, okay. You know, he yeah, he's, he's got the, the off the field stuff. Right. But, um, you know, coming out of that Georgia defense, I mean, I, I'd love to see that, that, you know, rush off the outside edge every Sunday. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And before we wrap up with this, you know, Texans talk, because I know um, you guys kind of dominate that first, you know, the first couple of picks. Um, who's your favorite player in the draft? Like, regardless of when the Texans pick, who's your who you who you believe that? Hey, this is my favorite player in the draft because I think they're gonna be, you know, you know, they're gonna do well at in the NFL. Um, you know, I got I got a bunch of family that's uh, Penn State fans, and so I I, I like to tune into some Penn State games and uh, okay, Joey Porter Jr. Man, ah, okay, I think yeah, especially where he falls. I mean, I've seen him going to the Commanders or the Steelers. Yes, um, if he falls into one of those kind of defensive style teams, I think he could be he could be wrecking havoc this season. Yeah, he's a bigger corner too. Um, yeah, he's kind of rough and rugged, kind of like his dad. Dad played linebacker for the Steelers, won a Super Bowl there. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with you. He's actually one of the players that I like in this draft. I have a list of players that I like actually in this draft, um, and maybe maybe you like some of them too. Um, real quickly, um, the quarterback that I actually like out of all these quarterbacks coming out is Hendon Hooker. Oh um, yeah, Tennessee. I, yes, but I need him to not play this season. So <laughs> I would love to see him, you know, in a team like Seattle, even though I don't think they'll take him top five, but a team like that where they have a veteran that's gonna be there, um, and then they can kind of groom him one year, two years, maybe even Tampa, now that Baker is there. Um, his his teammate Jalen Hyatt, who's one of the faster receivers, I like him too. Um you can pencil this in. Bijan Robinson, if he stays healthy, will be the rookie of the year. He's just flat okay. out sensational coming out of Texas. The other player I like, Georgia, Donnell Washington. That dude is a freak. I don't know if you got to yeah. see him. Oh, yeah. He's a freak. He's a still <laughs> a bit raw at the tight end position, but he reminds me coming out of like uh, Martellus Bennett. Um, okay. Who played for the Cowboys? Um, freakish athletic athletic ability, um, and then I had uh, you know Joey Porter, uh, Jr. Um, and Jack and Jackson and Jigba as, as my last two. You know, all of them not going to go in the first round. Darnell, I think is going to be a second round pick. Um, Hendon Hooker, I think he might be a early third or late second round pick. But these are some of the guys that I really really like. I think Jalen probably is going to be a late first round or early second round pick. Yeah, I like I like that Hendon Hooker pick. I mean, I think he could have been a day one pick. Oh, yeah. Had the end of the season not gone kind of the way it did for, for Tennessee after they got ranked number one and then completely collapsed. Right. But I, I think he, you know, some team might get a steal there, like you mentioned, on day two or three and uh, be able to grab him. Yeah, I like him. You know, if a team like Detroit, um, even though I don't know why Detroit would look at quarterback because – you know, Jared Goff has been playing great, um, but a team yeah. that has a veteran that is a short, you know, gap team, like maybe Tennessee, um, because it seems like they're already out on Malik. Um, it would be great to see Hendon Hooker there. Um, so, you know, continue on with, with the with the NFL talk. Um, we saw a trade that happened um, a little while ago. Uh, you, the Bears, Panthers made the trade. Panthers going up to number one bears getting out of that pick it looks like they believe in justin fields at least for one more year what do you what was your thoughts on when when that trade came down uh, between the bears and the panthers just thoughts and prayers for panther fans because this this they better not screw this pick up <laughs> they, they better not because better the not. what they gave up i mean the I, I still don't really understand the dj moore part of this trade um because, you know, when you're trading to get this number one overall pick, you're more than likely, you know, you're taking that to grab a quarterback. Right. right. But now you just threw your best wide receiver away. Now, where, where are you going with that? You're, you're hanging your quarterback, your new quarterback out to dry if exactly. he's getting snaps early here in the season. So, but, I mean, it, it goes both ways, too, because, you know, um, uh, the Bears, they, they could – 
screw these picks up. You know, they Bears, could, they could. <laughs> it's the Bears, so right. It's uh, it, it goes both ways. They screw these pick up picks up, then Carolina doesn't look too bad. So I think we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. Uh, the draft will definitely give us kind of an early early look on where where the trade value is going. But uh, I think um, we'll we'll just have to see what what they do with these pieces that were moved. Yeah, I think Chicago just literally went in and just robbed the Carolina Panthers. Just just so people know, this is what the Bears got in return from the Carolina Panthers. The ninth overall pick, the second pick, uh, their second pick uh, this season, which is a 61 overall pick. Next year's one and two. DJ Moore, who just signed a new extension. Um, that's a treasure chest of stuff. Uh, for the Bears to uh, build around Justin Fields. Um, and like you said, they better be right. Um, you know, nobody remembers what the Chiefs gave up for Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is that dude, right? Like nobody remembers. Nobody yeah, remembers. Are. I don't think anybody remembers what Deshaun Watson was given up for when the Texans went up to get him. If I'm not mistaken, the Texans did go up and got and get, and yep. get him. Yep. So nobody forgets, you know, no – People forget if the player does well, and people don't forget when the player doesn't do well. So, that 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 will be interesting to see. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't think Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is going to be as good as what they gave up. I'll I'll just leave it at that. Um, switching gears a little bit to the NBA, the association. Um, Doug is a big Texans fan, but he's also a huge Wizards fan. We went to the game together on D Wade's um, you know, a farewell tour uh where Kelly Olenek hit the game winner. Um and we were sitting <laughs> sitting in at that game. Um what are your thoughts on the Wizards um moving forward in, in terms of Bradley Beal and, and and what they should do moving forward with him? Yeah, well, for, uh, first, I'll let your listeners kind of wrap their head around someone being a Texans fan and a Wizards fan. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably threw people a couple people for a curveball right there. So, um, but, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, with Beal, we we missed. I think we missed our window um, to really get anything that worthy of kind of what um, his production was a, a couple years ago. Um, after he came off of, uh, he had you know 2021. Um, his career high, 31.3 points per game. He averaged that season. Uh, he played 60 games that year. And that's that's where we should have made the decision whether or not trade him or do something with him. Um, because, you know, we've seen scoring production fall off these last couple of years. Also, just being able to be on the court. Um, right. He only played 50 games this year, 40 games last year. Right. And – He's making, you know, this year made $46.7 million <laughs> playing, you know, a little over half the season and next three years, um, you know, we're getting in over 50 million a year right. uh, for him. So now it's becoming who, who's going to take on someone who's averaging 20 points a game, but paying them, you know, 52 million a season, uh, to, to do, you know, to play a, a handful of games. So, um, but on that point, I mean, I, I like kind of the, the little three that, that, you know, we have with Porzingis, Kuzma, and Beal. Um, but there's really no production coming off of the bench. Johnny Davis, our, our first-round pick this last year, has been kind of a wash. He got more playing time as we were tanking here at the end of the season. Right, um, right. And he, he showed some signs of being able to be out there and, and be a starter. But um, I think it's it's now with, you know, with the recent news of Tommy Shepard being let go as GM. Now we're really happy about of, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I wish it was the coach going, not the GM. But oh, you, you want um, Junior gone? Yeah. Like the son? It, it was a good experiment. It was nice having, you know, you know, alumni family back as a coach, but let's let's get him out of here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Doug want him gone. He said yeah, the is not that good. Because Went I mean, himself. look how long look how long they stuck with Ernie Grunfeld. I mean, That's true. he was here a decade longer than he should have been, and then you bring in Tommy Shepard, 
he's supposed to be this young, you know, up and coming, up and coming. You know, yeah. upcoming GM. You give him a couple years, and I mean, with with what expectations the Wizards were supposed to be? What, uh, what were they going to be like a five seed? People were thinking no, they were going to be playing for a play in tournament berth the whole season, and you know they didn't get that. And so luckily, I feel like they kind of got some senses going down the stretch and started losing some games to at least give us a chance at. Uh, a miracle lottery pick here this night <laughs> uh, when the lottery comes up. Right, but, right, right. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But yeah, I mean, Beal, keep them, and unless somebody comes and wants to support our cause and and take them, <laughs> then uh, I, I think he's going to be in DC for foreseeable future. Hey, I, I got a deal right now. We'll give you Duncan Robinson and two first round picks for Bradley Beal. We'll take him off your hands. No. All right, we'll change Duncan to Tyler Hero. You're, are you leaving the division? <laughs> no. no way. Are we sending him the down there to Miami to team up with? They'll probably end up forming some little mini super team again. Well, yeah. And, and just destroy us. But, but I mean, also, talking about a division, that it, it's really not that big of a division anyways after the, this year was kind of a struggle from top to bottom. Right, right, right. I mean, that he's still, you know, we might hook or crook. We might win this series against the Bucks, and if we win the series against the Bucks, we're going back to the Eastern Conference Finals because neither the Knicks or the Cavaliers will beat the Heat, in my personal opinion, in the in the seven game series. So, wait, yeah. you, you you're yeah. talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, the Giannis Milwaukee Bucks, right? He hasn't played in the last three games, and we're up two one. If he doesn't play in Game Four, okay, then uh, I mean, yeah. I just I I was thinking fear the deer, man. So the deer is on the bench. He's on the hey, bench. They got, other guys. they got other guys out there because they can carry the ship until he gets back. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. You know what none yep. of those guys are? They're not Jimmy him. Mother Effing Butler. That's who that man, that man is different. The man started shooting like Steph Curry the other night. It just doesn't when the playoffs arrive, that man just just adds another level to his game. It's just we're gonna if we if if Giannis I I I put it on record. You go back and look at and look and listen to the podcast. If Giannis is not playing this entire series, then he's going to the Eastern Conference Finals. You can book it. Because we beating the the Knicks or the Cavs. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, yeah, you guys would have probably a pretty easy route. I just think playoff wise, I think there's only two teams that could maybe beat anybody in the West, and that's going to be a healthy Bucks or the Celtics. Okay, okay, okay. You said the Celtics. So let's, let's, let's shift gears now from the Wizards to the NBA playoffs. Who do you got coming out of each conference? And then ultimately, who you have uh, winning the championship? Are we making, are we making Giannis? Come back and be healthy. Giannis, I, I, the premise is Giannis comes back for game four and is healthy throughout the way. Okay. Okay. Then I got I got the Bucks edging out the Celtics, maybe six, seven games, Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. And then West, I I gotta go. I, I like to call them the Wizards of the West, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Because they just seem to keep always trying, but never really get to where they want to go. Um, so I got the Suns coming out of the West, but okay. I think, I mean, next round is looking like it's going to be, you know, Nuggets Suns. I think whoever wins that series is coming out of the West. Um, Ooh, okay. I, I just think the bottom part of that, I think the Lakers, they're, they're going to take out, um, they're going to win this first round here. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's, that series is over. They're not, yeah. they're not losing. Yeah. Especially, I mean, after last night, they kind of just, you know, put put a nice little stamp on that. Right, um, right. And, but I, I don't think that anybody's going to be able to, especially to get on the level of the Nuggets or Suns, um, whoever comes out of that. So, but I'm going to go Suns and uh, Bucks, and I, I got the Suns taking it all. Oh, okay. So, um, you got a rematch of, of what happened a couple of years ago. Um, I have I have that as well. I had the Bucks winning um, to start um, the season, and I'm a roll with it. Um, even though I'm a Heat fan, and 
I would love to see us advance. I just know that if we advance, we're just going to lose. The Bucks are the <laughs> best team in all of the NBA. The road to the finals goes through Milwaukee. You actually have to beat them on their court in order to win an NBA championship, or better yet, a series. So I have the Bucks winning it all regardless, and Giannis winning uh, finals MVP, as long as everything stays healthy. Um, you know, as as all of you know, I send these questions out to to my guests, you know, before um, they get on so they well prepared. But there's some questions I keep in the holster for myself. So I'm gonna do this with Doug. Um, my question to you, um, you've been a Texans fan as we shift back from the association to the NFL, getting ready for the draft. You've been a Texans fan for a long time. Name me your top five Texans players of all time. Okay, top five. Top five. Uh, so we'll go, we'll go five, be uh, Brian Cushing. Okay. Brian I actually, I actually have a uh, a nice little signed frame photo in my living room. Brian Cushing with some blood running down his face because he was a madman. Um, he was a madman on steroids, yeah. but a madman. Hey, hey, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, he just got caught. Um, right, 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 right. And then we'll go, we'll go number four. Oh man, let me think here. So we got Cushing. Let's go four. We'll go. We'll throw. Andre Johnson. And Ooh, four. yes. Uh, he, and people you know, forget he's a bad boy. Like he, yeah. he should be in the Hall of Fame, man. He will get. Orleans Finnegan doesn't forget. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you got that and, right. Yeah, and I mean Hall of Famer. Hopefully, coming up here shortly, be the first Hall of Famer in Texans history. Um, right. You know, it. He kind of went out a little bit salty um right right as far as the end of his career but you can't overlook what what he did for that organization early in their history right um number three is where i'll put uh deandre hopkins okay who, uh, i arguably still think should be a houston texan um yeah but, you know that worked out and uh two is where we'll, we'll put uh arian foster arian foster okay and uh our, our best running back and hopefully Damian Pierce works his way up here this year as one of those elite Texans running backs. Um, and number one, JJ uh, Watt. I, right. you know, he's face of the franchise throughout. I mean, you ask anybody to name a Texans player, and I think anybody would be able to say JJ Watt. Um, and I does a lot about him I mean, on the field, off the field, everything he did for Hurricane Katrina and the city of Houston. Right. Um, there, I mean, there's no no better player in franchise history than him. Right, yeah. I think J.J. Watt, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, Andre Johnson should be in there before he gets in there. But uh, once his name is up, he's going uh, oh, yeah. in there. That, you know, if you look at his era, the only player that rivals him and that's probably better um, in terms of accolades is um, Aaron Donald. Everybody else, they, they ain't even close. Like, this man... This, I ain't gonna lie. I thought the year that he went off, where he won DPOY first team um, All Pro, um, where he was scoring touchdowns, offensive touchdowns, defensive <laughs> touchdowns. I thought he should have gotten MVP. Yeah, I really did. I really did. Well, I believe he came second. MVP yeah, I think he's like second or third. I think Aaron Rodgers won it that year, um, but he was just so dominant, um, and he was he was everything. For the Texans. <laughs> well, and that's another guy that, you know, injuries. I mean, if it wasn't for the injuries towards the end of his career, he he would have been breaking some, and you know, more NFL records as oh, far for sure. as everything goes. So um, I just I just wish he would have gotten a ring. But yeah. but he went to Arizona of, trying to win a ring. Well, that first like, year, I thought he had I mean, he had a shot that first season he was there. Man, um, they got but, trounced by the Rams. Yeah. They got Smacked by the Rams. What are you talking about? It wasn't going to win no ring. I mean, they looked good in the regular season. They looked all right. I mean, better than, you know, I thought that they were going to do. But yeah, I mean, when you want to win a ring and then you choose to go to the Arizona Cardinals, those two normally don't, you know, add up. So exactly. Exactly. Um, um, but I'm just, yeah. I'm glad he got to go out his way and didn't have to go out because of injury. Um, he got right. to kind of retire when he wanted to. 
right? Now, those are your top five, your favorite players. Is that the same list you would have for the top five Texans of all time? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, no, Matt, I wouldn't throw Matt Schaub in there. He's probably like a fringe outside. Um, outside player. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would put. I might I might throw Andre Johnson up a little higher if we're doing all-time. Yeah, um, all-time. Mm-hmm. I would still put J.J. at one and probably go Andre at two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think three and four could be flipped back and forth between um, – Arian and D-Hop. Arian and D-Hop. And then five – I mean, you got to look at some of, you know – the older older defensive teams that we had kind of kind of early on and in those um like we had mentioned earlier with like D'Amico Ryans and Brian Cushing and right. um a lot of those you know grittier players we had back in the day. Yeah Mario uh, I mean Dwayne Brown on the offensive line wasn't a wasn't bad. Yeah either. Dwayne Brown Mario um you know Clowney he had you know some bright spurts here and there. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I I think Five on down, it's there's no one that really kind of cements themselves because I mean, for a franchise that hasn't really had much winning success, <laughs> right? So, but yeah, that's what I have to kind of I would put the the all time five, uh, move a couple of those guys around. Gotcha. And, and and just to wrap this up, um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. When we talk about the Texans and the NFL draft, thinking back to you know the days, um from the start to now in terms of you covering the draft and reading up on everything, what's the one draft or one pick um, that will haunt you forever in terms of the Texans not taking a player or the Texans taking a player instead of another player? Dude, you just mentioned his name, Mario Williams, man. (laughs) The 06 draft. Oh, dude. Like, because what that, that yeah that, that's Reggie Bush here right yeah that was so that yeah, was one of the more hyped it. NFL drafts in NFL yeah, history. The last game of the season two was they were calling people because we played the Saints I believe the last game of that season they were calling it the Reggie Bush Bowl Bush drive yep 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 yeah and then what really threw me off though and I hope it doesn't happen this year especially with the height of who's Carolina going to take. But yeah. that year, I remember sitting there watching Sports Center, maybe like the day before the draft, and it was breaking news: the Texans are going to select Mario Williams with the first overall pick. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I was not like... only not only did they spoil the pick, I had to sit there for a day furious about <laughs> what was about to happen. I didn't want to watch the draft. I I, ah. I didn't want to see it. And granted. He worked out. He did. He did okay for when. Yeah, he was an All Pro. Um, he was All Pro three times: two thousand fourteen, two thousand seven, two thousand thirteen, um, thirteen and fourteen. He was with the Bills, but um, but he was a four time Pro Bowler, um, ninety seven sacks total in his career. And right, I mean Reggie also had a good career. I mean both of them had. Yeah. You know, I think Mario moment. had a better career than Reggie. Reggie just has the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And we didn't have to. I mean, then all the Heisman stuff happened with Reggie, and so right, we didn't have we didn't have that kind of you know going on in the background. So with Mario, but but yeah, if you if you mention one draft, that that's the draft that immediately pops into my head. Is wow. That, is that, draft. that draft, I remember that draft. That was like the first draft that I actually sat there and watched. That was when. The NFL draft was still in New York City, Radio City Hall. Yeah. Um, it was the most hyped draft because you had Vince Young def- slaying the dragon, which is USC with Reggie Bush, uh, Matt Liner, um, Lendell White, uh, um, Clay Matthews, and that rock star team. Um, and, you know, Vince Young with, with Texas beating them. Um, but then, like, I felt like I remember watching, I was like, like Mario Williams just came out of nowhere. Like no one right? thought he was gonna be. The people thought he was gonna be a first day pick. People thought he might be top fifteen, but nobody thought he'd be the one of the number one overall pick. And I was like, what? That oh, here come the Texans. We'll right here comes the Texans. I thought the Texans 
and I and I will stand by this. I thought they should have taken Vince. I was like Vince, even though he ended up, and I don't. I think he's more of a disappointment than a bust because he did make a Pro yeah. Bowl. He did have great comebacks. Um, Jeff Fisher didn't believe in him. Yeah, and I felt like if he had been the Texans' quarterback, I think he would have had a much better career. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I like, like, I like how you put that that he wasn't really a bust because I mean he wasn't like a Jamarcus Russell. Like Vince Young had some. Yeah, yeah he wasn't a bust. He he wasn't. He was a two-time Pro Bowler. Um, he had great comebacks. Um, in the NFL, but the passing just wasn't there. But then also, more importantly, like I felt like Jeff Fisher didn't really want him. Um, and yeah, like you look at uh, that draft, Mario went one, Reggie went two, Vince went three, DeBrickershaw four, AJ Hawk five, Vernon Davis six. Um, and then Matt Liner ended up going 10 and Jake Cutler going 11. So yeah. Wow, yeah, that's a wild draft. <laughs> right. Right. So, and I think Jake Cutler is probably the best quarterback in that draft um, when you consider what they did in the NFL. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that that's interesting that you said, you said Mario Williams. He wasn't a bad player, but I remember. No, it, like, just, it just gives me flashbacks of the right, draft. <laughs> right. But, th- but thank you once again for, for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on to the show. I'm going to bring you on more often. That's yeah, on me. Um, but, you know, the draft is coming up. Hopefully, you know, the Texans do right and they take um, one of these quarterbacks outside of Will Levis and maybe Anthony Richardson. Um, <laughs> and, and and they do right by you with the with the second and, and the 12th overall pick. Thank you. Fingers crossed, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on a show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, prove me wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments.